0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Defiance Spirit and Wealth 360, where we bring together the Defiance Spirit, the Enneagram, and all things financial with our resident financial guru and expert, Michael Finer. What's happening, buddy? Not too much. How are you, B? I see you got the game gear on with that Finer uh, we're, cool t shirt. Na- we're down in the Naples
1: office today, so we get to be casual because no one here wears a suit. Uh, the last person who saw me in my three-piece suit asked, asked me where the funeral was, so I've decided to go with the flow down here. It's not easy to go with the flow for a three in Enneagram it 3. It is not. It's hard, but I said at least I'll wear my, you know, finer gear. But I probably so, should get some, my, you know, my shorts on or something.
0: Um, so Enneagram 3s, though, are known to be chameleons. They can adapt. They can adjust. Maybe take some a little a moment.
1: But you did it. I'm working. I'm trying. I'm doing I'm trying. my best. Okay
0: you try. trying. Well, you're doing a good job and uh, you can represent the threes another day because today we're not talking about Enneagram 3. Moving on, moving to our final type. So anybody who's been listening to us knows we've just taken you around the wheel of the Enneagram. I've been doing it in a separate podcast on the general approach to each Enneagram type. And Michael and I have been partnering, of course, on Wealth 360, where we explore the same conversation, but through the lens of finance, of investing, of wealth. And so we're going to wrap it up on our nine, it's been more than nine weeks, but a nine-week journey of all nine types with the Peacemaker, Enneagram number nine. Yeah. Everybody's favorite.
1: Yeah. I mean, my opposite too. I realize. Miss-
0: many many ways you're opposite because on behind me if you're watching there's a triangle and that line 9 and 3 and 6 are the they're the primal kind of points of the enneagram 936 and so a lot to say about the 9 let's let's um let's talk a little bit big picture you know sort of generic and then we'll get into the financial side of things so 9 the peacemaker sometimes called the mediator the gentle spirit the peace seeker but you sort of get the vibe 9s are the nice Guy, the nice gal of the Enneagram system. What else do we know about the nine, my friend?
1: No, I think it, the nine are seem to be you know people who want to avoid conflict, who, like you said, are are peaceful people who want to see an equilibrium, you know, in the world. They just want to see things uh, a good yang and yang balance. They
0: do. There's just a softness to them. There's a there's a harmony. Um, You know, there are some types you can tell that what they're like. Like last week's type eight, you can really feel the the intensity of an eight. You can feel the whatever the opposite of intensity is, the harmony of a nine. I have a daughter who's a nine. I have a sister who's a nine. I got a lot of clients who are nines.
1: You just kind they sort of bring down your blood pressure. Probably a good thing to have. Harmony is a great word for it. I, I do think that is a great great way to express it.
0: And um, you know, here's some famous nines. I'm not going to share the picture, I'll just tell you, you know, who they are. But um, so some of them are not surprising, and then some are surprising. So Fred Rogers, right? If I think of a nine, <laughs> oh
1: my god.
0: I think of Mr. Rogers. I just watched that this weekend. I just watched the you know on Netflix. Oh, I thought you meant the the TV show. You mean the movie?
1: Yeah. His, yeah. About, him, the, yeah, about his life.
0: So Miss yeah. Mr. <laughs> Rogers, you know, even the way he talked. Brought brought yeah. down the energy. You know who else was a nine? Remember back in the day, Michael. Um, Not Captain um,
1: Kangaroo
0: or something. You know? Bob, maybe yeah, Captain Kangaroo. I I remember Mr. Green Um yeah. Bob Ross. Do you remember Bob Ross, the painter? He was a
1: Oh yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Pretty little yeah. picture. Yeah, pretty you know, pretty unlike, unlike public TV, that guy. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. He was always on TV, public. You know, teaching us a pretty little cloud. Here, you know, gonna. And the, the way he talked, you felt like he was therapeutically talking you off the ledge as you were about to jump. And by the end, you're like, oh, what was interesting about him, Bob Ross, is that he was a military man and he retired Yeah, after a career in the military. Who
1: would have guessed that?
0: But see, that's the thing about nines. And that's why I bring him up, because nines are surprising. They can be warriors. They can be on the battlefield. They can go head to head with the Ronald Reagan was a nine. Um, Barack Obama was a nine. Bill Clinton was a nine. These are not wallflowers. There's a piece of them that digs their heels in and is really Mm. strong, even when they appear to be wallflowers. But that's a strategy. That's a tactic. That's not who they are. So that harmony, that peaceful piece, I'm not saying it's not authentic, but I am saying we, we tend to underestimate nines.
1: Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. I think you're you're right, you know, in the sense of the they do make you feel relaxed and calm. Their, their dispositions are like you said. We're eight; we feel the tension, and you feel the the uh, energy. In, it, in an eight, they can know what an eight is because they dominate the energy fields. A nine is the opposite; they're calming.
0: So they're calming, except that's above the surface. Um, I was it was pointing out once. They're sort of like ducks above the surface. You see a duck. You know, waddling across uh, the pond over and in, uh, in, uh, over near your neck of the woods. I just blanked on the pond name. Oh,
1: the, the Common. Well, you think you're Boston Common,
0: right? The oh, Boston Commons, whatever. But you see the duck. Yeah, the duck pond above the water. They look calm and cool and collected. But if you see under the water, they're paddling like hell. And there is that quality of nines where you only see above the surface and what they're presenting, but their interior world doesn't mm-hmm. always feel peaceful. What's going on behind the scenes doesn't feel peaceful, but they're also strong. So for instance, you have somebody on your team, I won't name them, who appears peaceful and calm, but I've been on some calls with him on business calls where he really can get tough. Like he can really hold his own and get the point across. Um, and that's always surprising to me when I'm talking, when I'm working with nines, They we, we tend to underestimate them until their back is against the wall. Until you push them up against something that they really believe in, and then they can get tough,
1: yeah, it's an important point to notice on the nines as I learn more about them. Um, they are that way. but like you said, until they're pushed to, to the limit or until they have a deadline or until there's a reason to have to to push it, That's when they kind of activate. They just activate later than everyone else,
0: right so so they um go into. You know, they they can't get into their anger if they're not doing the work, if they're not responding. You know, our language is you're either reacting or responding. So if they're reacting, they go away from the anger, they go away from the conflict, they they run from it. Eights run to it. They're yin and yang on the Enneagram. Last week's conversation, if you're Mm -hmm. listening, and this week's are night and day. But it's not that they aren't angry, it's that they push the anger down. And what happens with the nine is they turn into the Incredible Hulk.
1: Remember Bruce Banner. So Bruce Banner is he? So was he at nine? He's a nine, but so is the Hulk. The Hulk? No, the Hulk's a nine.
0: Because what happened? Bruce Banner would get. He would try and hold back his anger and hold it back and hold it back, and then he would just get triggered, and it would just erupt into the Hulk. And people talk about nines all the time. If you know a nine, they blow their lid. And when they blow their lid, brother, look out. They just don't do it frequently. And they don't do it in front of just anybody. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's so, interesting.
0: so they have power, but it's like a volcano that comes erupting out. The work of a nine is to be honest about the anger, to learn how to get into it before it explodes like the Hulk. But you by understand. and large, they run from the anger. They run from the conflict and so, you know, nines can be very conflict avoidant. Nines, um, I bet, you know, we'll get into your work now. I bet it's hard sometimes to communicate with nines when they smile, they say yes, their heads moving in the yes direction, but underneath the smile and underneath the head nodding, they're saying no.
1: Yeah, I think um, you've taught me a lot about nines and it's being, it's being, it's kind of my counter anagram. It's the lowest you know, my last, lowest number when, when you didn't test for me. Mm. So I probably empathize or understand at least, but like you said, the problem with a nine is that a lot of the other in agreement numbers, eight, I know exactly where they stand. Three, I pretty much know where they stand. Sixes. I generally know where they stand. A nine, sometimes they don't because they don't want to either criticize something or say something, or I, I can't tell. Not that they're being deceitful, but they just don't want to do anything that will upset the apple cart. So it can be really, I find it really, really challenging.
0: So I know you're not an Air Force man. You're an Army man, right? Um, or National Guard man. But oh, um, um, yeah, yeah. Army, yeah. So, but the Air Force, what's that plane that flies that's a spy plane? It doesn't get picked up by radar?
1: But the stealth, like the stealth bomber or something? Yeah, like stealth. yeah
0: the stealth. So, so the stealth technology is, right, that it's hard to read by design. It's, it's hard to read a nine. They have this stealth-like quality where it's almost like the, the three threes will blend in. The threes blend in to succeed. Nines will blend in to disappear. So nines are kind of, when they come up against conflict, when they come up against something that's difficult, they'll almost disappear into the background. Sometimes there are even people report not even knowing they're in the room because it's a stealth strategy to yeah. detect. To not that's detected. why they're
1: good politicians, too. Right. They can. That's. I mean, you mentioned Bill Clinton. You mentioned Barack Obama. You kind of don't know what they're thinking half the time. So they probably be they're good in, in, in many ways if you're looking for that skill set. Oh, right? Barack that's, Obama. That's right. Barack Obama
0: had. Some very edgy policies and but the way he presented felt unifying. Again, not a political yeah. commentary, but he got away with things. I think that his counterpart, for instance, um last week's conversation, um uh what's his name? Trump, right? Was the exact opposite. Trump couldn't get away with anything. Oh, he determined that Trump is a six, was
1: it? Eight, eight. eight. He's an eight. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, so he yeah. has no stealth. No stealth. That's right. We talked about that last time. No stealth. He's so direct. Where it's actually interesting when you talk about warfare, because I'm reading a book on strategy by um, kind of a classic book on strategy where they're talking about indirect warfare versus direct warfare, which is kind really of the good. idea. Right. That's and exactly the nines right. are the indirect warfare people and the eights are the I think direct warfare people in many ways.
0: So I watch it play out every day in my house because I have a teenage daughter who's an eight and a teenage daughter who's a nine. And my eight is a direct warfare and my nine is an indirect warfare. And my eight always gets busted for everything. And my nine never gets busted for anything, but they're equally, you know, they're equally engaged in this brinksmanship, but my nine daughter drags my eight daughter over the line so it looks like the eight is the one who's transgressing all the time <laughs> that's funny that's funny and now that i have the enneagram it's like i have my uh, nines battle plans and i keep calling her on this stuff like yeah you didn't exactly it's not a lie of commission you didn't do it it's a lie of omission it's what you're leaving out right it's the right. indirectness
1: well you know it's funny because um Sir Basil Littleheart, who wrote this book, it was kind of, you know, uh, probably right after World War II, about World War I and Two, And it, this, this, if you did the Enneagram for strategy, which I'm sure, you know, obviously we've talked about before and you think about, there is, if you know your opponents, you know, you kind of have to understand that a little bit and how to communicate with them as a result that, you know, someone's going to be direct, great, Indirect, great, but can be tougher. The direct can feel personal. The indirect, they never they never ruffle you when they're indirect, which is great, but, and the eights can ruffle you because they're so direct, but the eights is not personal. What about the nines is the indirect personal, isn't it? I think you've mentioned that before. The indirect, passive aggressive is the hard part.
0: It is. It, it it absolutely is. And when you're with the nine who really isn't aware of their, you know, my she's a teenage girl. So I wouldn't expect her to be doing this work yet, but someday she's going to have to do the work of just being present because with my eight daughter, like you're saying, you know, where you stand, you know, you're in the room with her, you know, you're engaged. You may not like everything that comes out the eight's mouth, but it's true. You don't have to guess. The nine it's like you want to reach into her and grab her and pull her out. Like, where are you? Be here. Be honest. Tell me the truth. And that's a way of withholding, right. From the relationship.
1: Yeah. What causes the difference? I
0: mean, well, nines are scared of conflict because they've told that we all like we, these are all defense strategies for all of us. A nine tells themselves that they aren't worthy that they aren't capable there's a lot of the self talk that goes on that they feel less than they feel like middle child which my nine is a middle child and so if they get into conflict they're going to lose your support they're going to lose your love they're going to lose the relationship so they do everything they can not to lose you to the point where they'll just say yes but they mean no as opposed to learning how to say yes and you won't lose me i love you sweetheart but you need to speak the truth to me and you need to know that that's a real relationship. There's going to be conflict. There's got to be conflict. If there's not conflict, it's not a real relationship.
1: Right. It is interesting. How does the birth order work into the Enneagram in that sense? I'm sure in your own thing, there must be high correlation in certain traits.
0: I, I would not be surprised if a lot of nines were middle children um, or maybe you get the last child who gets a little more lost in the shuffle. My sister's a middle child, my daughter's a middle child. I mean, that's obviously not a lot of data, but I would imagine they're rarely firstborns or only children, because you have to take arrows as a firstborn there's right. no way around conflict. Right. I took all these arrows my sister came behind me everything she she looked, you know, amazing compared to me, <laughs> right? Cuz she didn't do anything cuz I did it all. So, I don't know, but I do know that nines um, you know, it's a it's a mixed bag. All of these are mixed bags. It's a blessing and a curse and my work with nines is usually speak up, take up space, use your voice, say no, cause conflict. And that's the opposite message we would give to an eight.
1: Fascinating. So from a yeah, it goes it it goes into our conversation about finance. It's hard to it's hard to pull out sometimes what a nine is is trying to tell you. So they don't you know disagree. You know, so I I, I'm trying to learn more and help help the nines more and not overpower them because they'll just agree with me, even if they don't want to. And that's so important to give a nine permission
0: to disagree. Right, and okay. to um, put them in a position where they don't feel like it's existential. You know, it's not. I'm going to lose you. It's no. Like we're going to disagree over this, but we're not. You're not disagreeable, and we're not disagreeing over the relationship. We're moving forward, but we're going dis- to agree to disagree. Like that's okay.
1: Yeah, I like that giving them permission to to disagree. Just like asking, almost. It's an, a good good technique, I suppose.
0: Another um, one of my favorite movies was American Sniper. I think it was American Sniper with the um, the, the famous sniper. Um, just blanked on his name. Kevin, yeah. no, Kyle, I forget. But anyways, um, there's a scene when he came home from the war. And I think it was this movie or is it that or was the other one? But um, he was standing at this supermarket in the cereal aisle and looking at like 10,000 choices of cereal. And he couldn't make a decision it was like choice fatigue and yet here was a guy who was pulling the trigger and you know one of the ultimate decisions somebody would have to make in life to be a sniper so nines can make really clear sharp hard decisions they oftentimes don't do well when they're presented with too many choices right conflict comes up so practical example shoshi that's my daughter what do you want for dinner uh i don't know shoshi do you want mexican or do you want chinese tonight oh, I want Chinese. A limited choice range, you can watch a nine. They can make that decision. But when there's so much overwhelm, what happens to nines is they go into shutdown mode.
1: That, that is interesting, the overwhelm, right? I, I think I've, I've seen that with the nines that I'm close with. Too much too much can cause a, a shutdown. They don't want that many inputs. But they, they can make, like I said, great decisions, but they don't want to ha- have all the you know, the other noise in the decision-making process.
0: So so nines have like a thinner veil to them and the way they've moved through the world. They can't shut out noise. Threes are good at shutting out noise, right? Eights are good at shutting out noise. Sevens are good, not coincidental. These are kind of the powerhouses. But nines don't filter it out. So it's almost like my daughter gets overwhelmed with a ton of noise, especially her noisy eight sister. It's almost like, I don't want to say it's autism, but there's this quality of they can't filter out the stimulus and it's bombarding them. And you can feel them go into shutdown mode. Here, let me give you four examples, five examples to our listeners of um, nine billionaires, Enneagram nines who are billionaires. Walt Disney, Jim Henson, Steve Wozniak, George Lucas, and Snoop Dogg. I don't know if... Snoop Dogg's probably not a billionaire, but either is Jim Henson, but they're, they're (laughs) successful (laughs) human beings. But what do they all have in common? What do they all have in common? Snoop Dogg, George Lucas, Steve Wozniak, Jim Henson, Walt Disney.
1: Well, they're all incredibly creative. I will say that. I mean, that's different. That's it. I know wouldn't, that, that wouldn't be the first thing that comes to my mind, but when you mention all, all of those, in fact, not only are they creative, they're the world's most creative people have ever lived in many ways, right?
0: Creative genius, creative genius. Why? Yeah. Because you why, why didn't you
1: know that? Be-
0: because did- you don't see the duck under the surface paddling. You don't see the iceberg is 90% underwater. You, all you see is the top 10%. That's a strategy. They don't present what's going on inside. They have the most rich. Inner life, creative life. There's a world going on inside a nine. They only show you fragments. Hmm. So that's, there's that's, a yeah, lot. inside those,
1: those examples. That's kind of very uh, powerful. And Steve nines,
0: Wilson, I mean, nines are creative powerhouses. Walt Disney. Um, something I think you said it last week, though. New they cars. usually partner. They usually partner with a force. Uh, like a crew with a doer. So Steve Wozniak, Steve Jobs. Oh, yeah. So
1: Steve Jobs is, I'm assuming is an eight. I can't remember if he's an eight, but he, he, is he an eight? Steve Jobs must be an eight, right?
0: Steve Jobs is an eight. Last week's conversation pairs up yeah. with the nine.
1: You said that. Yeah. I mean, but he's just, you feel it, right? I just said he is an eight. He's, but he, Like I said, he partners with the nine nicely. In fact, that's one of the great things we, you and I have had some side conversations on, you know, the partnerships of the Enneagram, like what are the best combinations sometimes as a team, which is very important, you know, as you're servicing clients. Like if I'm a three, who do I best partner with? Maybe I don't partner well with certain people and vice versa. Who are the people most likely? Because I think last week you mentioned twos and eights tend to go well together. For example. Twos
0: and eights, nines and eights, because twos are relationship, right? Nines are
1: relationship. That's a pretty... Very. That, that's what I've been thinking about since our last podcast. Is the combinations of you know why it is and where is weakness and how to how to best leverage that and magnify that to provide the most value to whoever you're partnering with or however you're helping or dealing with, whether it's your family, friend, you know, spouse, uh, client, you know, boss, coworker. If you, you look a at thing. it's like it's, a two, it's imperative. Yeah, you you wonder, and I think you've talked about this before. Two nines working together might not be the best thing, or two eights, or two threes, but too many of the same. You, you do need some complementary people in in the operation.
0: Absolutely. So look at this. This is interesting. So George Lucas, right? George Lucas was a creative genius, but he, I just listened to a long. Uh, Five part podcast about him. He was not a business genius. He was not the execution part of the um, you know project. He partnered with many people like Francis Ford Coppola, who was a powerhouse who got things right. done. And then you look at obviously Wozniak and Steve Jobs. You look at Walt Disney and Roy Disney, um, Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Like these are
1: partnerships. Yeah, I think there's a whole podcast developed to, you know, what a great partnerships look like. Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. I mean, what's better than that?
0: (laughs) You need one. But but look at Martha
1: Stewart and Snoop Dogg.
0: Yeah, Martha Stewart's an Enneagram one, right? She's
1: a one and he's a nine, but right next to each other, but opposites. I mean, there's many ways. Right? but um perfect right it's i mean perfect in a sense
0: so here's a funny little story so i was at a cannabis conference years back and you can't judge a book by its cover because snoop dogg and martha stewart were up on stage announcing their new cannabis play i forgot what it was and martha stewart says so i have a pop quiz for you only one of us up here has been in prison which one? My <laughs> <Thank laughs> God. And it was right. so funny. This the you know, the rap star, or whatever, is not the guy. It's the white woman from the suburbs. And a white woman who bakes cookies. Right? Don't judge a book by its cover, right? Yeah, and, and it it's, is funny. But it's, it's true funny. about nines too. Nines, you can't t- oftentimes we talk about nines as if they're like passive, um you know, quiet types and some powerful figures throughout history have been nines. Lots of generals have been nines.
1: Yeah, that's the part that I've been struggling with. because I'm thinking of peacemakers, I'm thinking of passivity. But when you mention the people that you're talking about, that's anything but that in so many ways. They're really just more indirect is what I'm coming up with this, that they're just going to be, they don't want to directly confront something Directly do something; they want to indirectly do it. And indirect—that's why it's so hard. More indirects ten times as hard to pull off. It it's is harder to work than being direct. It's, you gotta uh, think about being indirect, right? You get to work it. Being direct is like Trump. I mean, whatever he's thinking, you know, you know what it is. Right? There's no nuance of thought. Right? No nuance. So, but so Barack Obama, I bet, is thinking through every little grammatical letter and thing and and what he's doing.
0: So there's a lot going on behind the scenes with nines, and what you see is not what you get, and that's important right. to know with nines. Yeah. Um,
1: the peacemaker is not what you get. That's the irony of it, right?
0: You know, and don't underestimate this person because they they spent their whole life being underestimated. People just kind of walking past. So here's another story. I don't have that many, but they're all nines. So I was um, in, the, in the cannabis industry and I was visiting a place and Scotty Pippin was there uh, visiting too. And we collided with me in this group and him in the group. And he introduced himself to the group and he says, hi, I'm Scotty Pippin. Everybody in the group's like, we know who you are. Everybody knows who you are, Scottie Pippen. There was a humility. There was an indirect. There was a, you may not know who I am because I live my life conveying that I'm not all that central. I'm not that. sick. Without Scottie Pippen, I don't think there would be a Michael Jordan. Like I think no, he made it possible. It's a
1: perfect example of the Enneagram, right? I mean, Michael Jordan, I'm thinking, is a three. Yeah, you know, all, all the way. All the way. But to have the nine and the three, the, per- the and they were the perfect partnership. Basketball wise, but personality wise too. So that is, you fascinated me with this constant, you know, array of,
0: you know. Think think what you'd have to be have going on inside of you to be a seven foot two man in this space with you know the tallest other guys like a foot and a half shorter. Introduce yourself like people don't know who you are. He must truly have this kind of subdued humble quality to be a nine. And that is both a blessing and a curse because nobody ever gets sick of being around nines. So they're not the ones who hog up space. The flip side though, is um, there is a level of like, step out, step into the limelight, tell me the truth, be direct. Right. And so that's the work for a nine. And I imagine the work you got to do with your nine clients.
1: Yeah, I think that they're, like I said, very pleasant people, which is great, right? Pleasantry is not the issue. They're great to be around, but it can be a little bit tough to translate, if you will, what what they need. And that is sometimes the hard part of of what you do. But knowing that's why this is so powerful as you help us um, have clients understand what anagram they are, or our own staff, or myself. And, and why this is so important for people who listen and the, and the audience is that now that I know this and if I know someone is a nine, it gives me a whole different tool set to know what I'm dealing with, spend more time with them, ask them to disagree. And, and you've laid out pages of material. It's like cheat sheets, you know, crib notes, if you will, in the old days, I don't think they still exist, yep. but but of of how to deal with it. And it's helpful to make it a more meaningful relationship. Who would have ever told me in the history of my life that they think that I'm a good communicator? As a, you know, it wasn't one of my, you know, great strengths historically in the sense of wasn't what I was leading with. That yes, mm-hmm. I he listens to me, he understands me, right? That never heard that before until you started coaching me. Um, you started tuning into the, you know, their perspectives.
0: I think especially with the more enigmatic types for you as a three, it's harder to read. And so this is a roadmap. This is a cheat sheet, like you're saying, because, you know, for, for a three, it's much easier to be with an eight or a seven, because what you see is what you get, but with a nine, with a four, with a five, it's a lot of what's underneath the surface and this can show us some of what's underneath the surface. I, Um,
1: I love that what's underneath the surface, right? This is all underneath the surface stuff.
0: And then what's underneath the surface is way more than what a nine is showing you. So it's important to know that they're creative, that they're, that they're, you know, they're also known as the most stubborn of all the Enneagram types, weirdly, because again, they come across as so passive, but on the inside, they're the mule, they're digging in their heels. They're saying no, they're just saying it with a smile. They're saying yes, but they mean no. Um, we call this one the moderate investor. And it's, it's just so telling of the nine because it isn't that they don't have money. It isn't that they don't make money. It isn't that they aren't interested in money. But if they're not conscious, everything they do is moderate, right? The way they come well, across is moderate.
1: You laid it out there because I think you put General Eisenhower as a nine, if I recall. Eisenhower as a nine. And same thing as an investor or even his battle plans were always conservative, you know they weren't anything like Patton who was an eighth, right? Striking, striking hard and boldly, where Eisenhower was would not. It, it was definitely, um, you know, he, he had the cruise control on when you when do things. But he's able to bring bring groups together where because he was indirect and able to, you know be self-disciplined in that way. And the same with the investors, you're not going to tell a nine investor, let's do the newest age, like cryptocurrency. It's not something that is probably they're attuned to, but a blue chip stock is something that they, they may like, right? Absolutely. Or, or treasuries, stuff like that, or companies that they understand. They'd love to buy companies that they, they buy their products for.
0: Absolutely. Um, they're going to be one of the most types that need to feel comfortable, to feel secure with their financial advisor, right? You know, there can't be that kind of conflict. They have a sixth sense in some ways for being controlled because eight, nine, and one are all part of the body triad. So eight, nines, and ones really know when they're being played, when they're being controlled. Autonomy is so important for eights, nines, and ones. And so nines really can sense when somebody is pushing them into something they don't want to do or they're um, being bullied. And it's very important, not that, you know, you or any financial planner would, but it can come across very quickly to a nine as being pushed as opposed to being led and explaining and the transparency is so deeply important so a nine can feel comfortable with you.
1: Yeah, like you said, you've you've given the the old days like AAA, would give you the roadmap to get to your destination. This system that you've created helps helps get to that end that we talked about a long time ago when we first started this podcast. Well, the previous podcast series, you know, of ways, ends, and means. This is this is understanding the end of the journey of how someone communicates and thinks is is so critical to the the investment framework
0: absolutely inc- absolutely incredibly important and you know the fact that you take it seriously I can see translates to people responding to it to feeling seen right by their financial planner which is not something we usually think of I'm going to go to be seen by my financial planner he gets me
1: but it's critically important that people feel seen I think they get they become better investors as a result and I too, you know, to be able to understand what they want to invest in and how to get the best outcomes to, to, you know, to translate that, not pushing things that don't make sense for someone with those tendencies. That's right. So how about we just
0: end with, um, some nine ish companies. I throw these out there and we can talk them through. All right. Um, So nines are also very, um, they're just the compassionate. I would say there's probably a lot of clergy who are nines, by the way. If I had to guess, I would say mostly nines, ones, and twos are clergy. Nines doing it from a compassion, maybe a hospice kind of a worker would be a nine. Just somebody who really is calm, who's comfortable, who brings down the noise, but also stands by their values. You know, nines are very value-based. And so... I would say like, for instance, a Chick-fil-A. Why? Because it impresses the hell out of me that Chick-fil-A takes sun, closes down on Sundays, sacrificing, they leave like a billion dollars a year on the table because their values are, like them or not, I could care mm-hmm. less, that we don't work on the Sabbath and neither do our employees and the Christian Sabbath is Sunday.
1: I know. It's, it was unbelievable as I was driving down from Boston I couldn't get my chick-fil-a sandwich on sunday but they hold to it and wow it's pretty impressive right
0: yeah so but that's another that's that quiet strength right people disagree with it people pissed about it, people have something to say about it and they just kind of are resolved there's a res- resolution within yeah. them, um and it's quiet it's you know like i don't hear chick-fil-a really like using that as a marketing strategy
1: no it's the opposite in like fact yeah they don't say it you know, a peep, a peep about it. It's, it is kind of interesting, right? You feel that, that, um, you know, deep devotion to their principles, which is pretty impressive. And maybe, maybe nines have that deep down. They have those deep principles. I I don't know if that's deeper than certainly a seven or or three or, you know, other people, but they seem to be principled people in many ways that I've met. So that's that resolve, that's
0: that stubbornness, you know, for a good, in a good way, I'm stubborn around my values, and they can just kind of disappear while the world around them, you know, squawks about it, and they stand quietly in their strength when they're doing the work. Uh, here's, here's the Jewish version of Chick-fil-A, Timberland, right, in your neck yeah. of the woods, Jeff Schwartz, um, at least when it was before it was sold, I guess. Um, I don't think he's still running it, I doubt, do you know? I think they sold it, I think they yeah. are right. But. There was a lot of decisions he made from a Jewish faith perspective. Like I remember when they severed ties with China over abuses in the factories, or there was, there was a lot of philanthropic work he would do um, regards to Israel. But again, just modeling his values in his business. And I think that's a very nine-ish thing.
1: Yeah. Every business you've listed on the great handout PDF that you did are all principal businesses in many ways. Yeah. So I went through, I just
0: listed a bunch of principal businesses. Tyson Foods is another one. in and out yeah, Burger. I mean, JetBlue.
1: Tyson Foods. I mean, but, you know, in and out Burger. Maybe JetBlue isn't quite as principled per se, but they, they sort of have a strategy and a principle, right, of doing things their way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the origins of a company is probably more telling than what the company currently exactly, is.
1: Exactly, you said that's the Church of Latter-day Saints, right? The more, yeah. It's more based.
0: Yeah, you know, just but seeing grow out, these these companies that grow out of a value position. And again, right. you know, they, they change over time. I had said in our Enneagram 2 podcast, Ben and Jerry's, they probably, the argument could be made either 9-2 as well. So, but you get the theme, you get the vibe. These are not cutthroat Type companies, at least in their origins, they're not only bottom line driven. There's other factors involved, and I think that's a very two, a helper and a nine peacemaker
1: proposition. Business does seem, I mean, to be going in that direction, to be more less involved with the bottom line. Even investors, you have to know this about investors: certain, you know, investors aren't completely concerned with just the bottom line. They want to know what they're investing in. They want to know how they're helping either the world or doing something, other values or invest in things that may not produce the same rate of return, but it's good for the world or family or other things. So that's kind of an important part too, because to understand that about an investor, they get meaning out of their investments too.
0: Yes. But also to understand like if they're your employee and you want to incentivize them, nines will leave money on the table if it means they can have their autonomy, if they can mean like, for instance, you know, post pandemic, they're going to be one of the more likely types to want to continue to have the ability to work from home. They're, they like that Mm -hmm. less stress that's valuable to them. And nines are known not to be the highest earners, not because they're not capable, because they aren't always willing to trade that, that, you know, that diminishing returns for you get, yeah, you get an extra $30,000 a year, but you're going to have to give up and commute more. You're going to have to do this Mm -hmm. and they don't want to sacrifice that peaceful part of their life.
1: That is fascinating. Kind of the riskometer, the stressometer of, of each member of the Enneagram, right? And I'm assuming nine might be the lowest, um, they, they avoid stress the most, or maybe, um, don't want in, stress in their lives. We're an eight, you know, probably fueled by stress.
0: Exactly. Nines and fives are the, the ones okay. who want the least amount of stress. And yeah. you see that common thread with your nine and your five clients because, you know, they really don't want to turn up the noise, if it, even if it's going to make them more money, whatever that means. Yeah. So again, like you said, crypto, the anxiety that may come from that, that, yeah, maybe you're going to get more reward, but the anxiety is not a worthy trade.
1: That's an uh, unbelievable insight because it's very, very important in what you invest in and what, what the range and continuum of, of stress level is. You can get great, great returns, but it, it could be very stressful for the ride.
0: So, yeah, so, um, nines are always, you know, I'll end with this, but nines really steer clear from the extremes in their life, and they like that, that um, bell curve you know, that kind of center space to just play it safe in there. And so, so part of your work, though, is to get them to break off to the edge, to be an outlier outlier at certain times, to be a risk taker at certain times. And that's part of the work, too. Not just to remain in our comfort zone, but to break out of it. And I know you have the ability to help
1: a nine become more three-ish. Um, learning to understand each piece and try to, like you said, defy your number, which is what, you know, you're... One of your many insights into the system is just because I'm a three or just because someone is a nine doesn't mean we can't uh, learn from the other pieces or improve the areas or un- understand it better. And that's why this is so important is, is to not rely on just your instincts. To challenge yourself
0: to not retreat to I am a nine, but I react like a nine. I respond like a nine, but I am so much more than any one of these numbers. And that's the work that Michael and I really Uh, do with you is we help you realize you are so much more than a number, whether you're working with Michael or myself. And it's really, I think I speak for both of us, it's our honor and privilege to continue to defy these numbers.
1: No, it's an honor and privilege to be part of the incredible system that you've built here. So thank you for, uh, you know, bringing me along as a passenger.
0: I love it. And now we've wrapped up the journey around the Enneagram and each one you've mentioned like five new topics. So I don't think we're going to run out of topics. No, for, uh... We have a lot of
1: specialty topics, which I think I'm very excited to, to uh, explore people uh, did mention our Ted Lasso um, Enneagram discussion. And uh, I think we're going to have to, I don't know if we have to do what I think in Yellowstone since that's on right now, or, stuff like that, but people, people like that because they can identify with characters and it's, they're easy to remember. So I think that'll be a lot of fun and insightful to, to to help bring real life examples because I'm sure people will now now know that Snoop Dogg's a nine. That's all you have to know. And Martha Stewart's we're a going one. To, we're
0: gonna do the Enneagram of Yellowstone. We're gonna do President's Day next month, the Enneagram of Presidents. President's Day
1: next which will be an interesting one. <laughs>
0: Maybe we'll do one on um uh, on MLK day coming up MLK versus Malcolm X type thing there's a lot of good yeah, stuff here yeah. so
1: we, yeah there's a lot of holidays coming up so we definitely have some and some some good information we gotta do one for thing for
0: Valentine's Day I knew
1: you were coming <laughs> back As I say that you know he's an expert in kind of human relations so everyone's going to be asking for you know, how, how does this work for Valentine's day to be my Valentine and stuff? And I think there is a lot to say about maybe not figuring out, uh, you know, your match per se, but being able to communicate the person that you want to communicate with.
0: Yeah. If we figure out the matchmaking piece of this, man, that, that could be a whole podcast unto itself. So
1: that, that one, you, you, you're solving, you know, probably the world's oldest problem, right? If you can, i don't see a,
0: i don't see a ton of people tuning in to listen to a three and an eight a male three and a male eight wax too poetic about uh that topic but we'll try I, we'll give it a.
1: yeah how to work but it is you know fascinating approach to all human dynamics from what i've i found a superb tool that you know that you created in wealth while 360 bringing it uh, also you you kind of strategy 360 to B2B businesses and, and other things so people can understand. And for people who don't know, and I know this is going on a bit long, but he does this incredible job with businesses and uh, creates what I think is his number one slide of kind of identifying gaps in, in your business as to how to improve your business strategically based on the personality assessments that you have. And when he did it for mine, I almost fell over with of like realizing what I didn't have in my business, I had too much of certain things, and I didn't have a lot. And we, I think as you've done this for other businesses, it's all the same. You're you're overweighted in certain areas, probably naturally in the business that you're in, but you're within in areas where um, we have too many tight ends and not enough uh, wide receivers, or something. That's right, and people don't even
0: realize it because we have um, what's it called um, bias. You know we see the world through a particular lens, confirmation bias, and we start surrounding ourselves with the same types of people who see the same types of problems, that's why we need diversity, but I've been saying this, I'm glad we have, you know, all kinds of new diversities at, in part of the conversation, racial and sexual and gender and all these things, I think they're important advances in our society, but let's not forget we can be different colors or different religions and still have the same way we think, the same way we feel, the same way we act. And the enneagram goes underneath all of that to find out true diversity in thinking, feeling, and action. And that's when things become interesting.
1: You have peeled the onion back deeply. There's so no. We're going to keep going. Iron. Yeah.
0: All kinds of diversity outside and inside and everywhere in between. And we are going to continue to evolve the conversation. So stay tuned. And yes check back in for Yellowstone. That's going to be a hot topic. So,
1: all right. Uh, Thanks, brother. Pleasure as always. Thanks, great to see you and uh, look forward to our next podcast next week. See you next week. Thank
0: you for listening to the Defiant Spirit podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. The Defiant Spirit is an offering of Soul Center, a center for spirituality, meaning, and healing. And if you'd like to learn more about the Defiant Spirit or Soul SoulCentered, get more inspirational content, access to a variety of online programs, or see how we might work together to discover deeper meaning in your life, greater purpose for your life live the defiant spirit power within your life. Visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, keep living your defiant spirit.